So, all right. Episode 13 of the Click for Culture podcast. My name is Freddie, your usual host. Let me just turn off the sound off my computer. Um, yeah, we're here today. Before we start, actually, I just want to give a notice. Um, I want to address all the gentlemen that are listening. <laughs> if you'd like to have an afternoon in a heavenly space with intelligent women of all colors, shapes, sizes, cultures, then follow Female Department and okay. go to one of their <laughs> brunch in the city events yeah because it's that's the well, only one well worth it at, so <laughs> oh, that's the only one where the men are allowed out yeah oh. then i was there at one of them <laughs> i regret not coming to the last one but yeah let's introduce you thanks for the plug you are i am danielle jocelyn o2 o2 yes where's that from my last name my parents are from cameroon mm-hmm. i was born in senegal you were yeah how old were you when you came here I moved here when I was four. Mm. So, 100 years ago. <laughs> 100 years ago, <laughs> all right. And um, you do a lot of these uh, media appearances. You want to call it that? Um, I've done quite a few mm. over the years. Over the years, quite a few, yeah. Because it, it was kind of hard researching. Because I thought it'd be easier. To research me? Yeah. Like, to Google me? Yeah. I mean, you can you can find quite a bit. There were a bit, there were a few of them, but not like you know like, like juicy in depth. No, not nothing juicy. I know people <laughs> for that. Um, no, I meant like in depth interviews or because I thought it'd be a lot more. Yeah, with you, with you and uh, Stephanie, I was called fair Samantha. enough. Yeah, we with with Stephanie. I think we've done three, mm-hmm. but then like I don't know if podcasts reside online. Like where do they stay? They're not Googleable, so to speak. They are now. Are they? Yeah. Like if you plug the SEO well? Not even. Uh, yeah, if you do also, and if your podcast is on Google Podcast, then oh, the whole caption is there. It's in there. It's online. Smart. So then, yeah, in which case, I don't know what they were in the past. So I touched base with your high school teachers. Oh. Not mine. <laughs> Would that be say? bad? Um, I was like a. I was a. F- I mean, if you ask. Funny enough, if you ask people who went to high school with me, um, I think I am—I very much grew into the person that they all knew I would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like most likely to be the next Oprah, uh, and I was like a peacemaker. But to me, I was like, I'm so different. Like in my head, the person I think of back then is so different. But to the, everybody who knew back then, said, you are exactly who you were. So pretty much, this what you've become is what you thought you'd do. So far, yes. So far. And is that part of what you do? Like you envision what you want to be, and it happens. You I speak mean, it I into like existence, think, and yeah, I like to think I I played a very active role in becoming the woman I am today. Mm-hmm. I very much um, had a vision of who I wanted to be and and who I wanted to resemble, and I worked my ass off um, mentally, spiritually, emotionally to become that person. So yeah, I'd like to say that I contributed. And in true click culture fashion, it took forever to get you on the podcast. <laughs> um, but I think I think actually it's a great thing. This always happens where I want someone and or we think about someone and it's delayed for scheduling or whatever. But divine timing. Yes. Everything happens when yeah. it's supposed to happen. <laughs> Why are you what's keeping you so busy? What do you do for those who don't know? For those who don't know. Yes. Um, okay, so I run a platform for women. Mm-hmm. It's called Female Department, where we organize events. I don't want to say events because they're more experiences, more, more so than events, mm-hmm. um, and create spaces for women to connect, um, whether it's on a lighter level, on a spiritual level, or um, just meet new people. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'd like to say that's, that's what I, that's like my passion. Um, my job is a communications director at a nonprofit called Apathy is Born. Okay. Whose mission is to, um, Apathy is Born. Apathy is Born. Name. It, it's really good. It's also quite literal. Yeah. It's like, what do you guys do? I'm like, well, we fight against apathy, apathy. which is boring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, and whose mission is really to encourage and educate and support youth in their becoming of um, engaged, active citizens in our democracy. Okay. So you're pushing people to go vote or be active politically. Voting is a very small, actionable, trackable aspect of civic engagement. But isn't it the most important? No. Okay. It's not. Um, And I firmly, I mean, some people may say it is. I think when you think of a democracy, we think of um, the right to elect officials who will represent us Mm -hmm. in our... But what makes a democracy and the fabric of a democracy is the active participation of its citizens um, in developing that. So it's the citizens taking a critical look at what's needed in order Mm -hmm. to make a country or a community better and their ability literally to do so. There are countries where you literally cannot do that. Mm -hmm. You cannot have a look at your country Mm -hmm. or government and be like, this doesn't work. Let's do this. Um, So I think that's the most important part of a democracy. And then I think that in order for people to get out to vote, they need to first understand the impact that they have on a small local level and how that ties into a federal level and then vote each time they're asked to. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Okay. And I was going to say also, like, coming back to um, your parents and your family, uh, was that that something that was important in politics or your involvement in community when you were growing up with your parents or whatnot? Um, politics, not so much. Civic engagement and community engagement, mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. My parents were super active in the community. Church? Church. Um, I'm getting But also, vibe. you're getting church vibes yeah. from me? Well, I don't know. That's no, the, not church vibes. That's not the look I'm going church, for. <laughs> church upbringing. <laughs> yes, definitely church yeah. upbringing. Um, <laughs> I was like, uh, I need to change my clothes. <laughs> but... More so than than church, I think, and more importantly than church, they were active members in mm-hmm. in the Cameroonian community and really kind of welcoming newcomers and um, making them understand the importance of gathering, of connecting, of organizing. I underline the organizing part because yeah. knowing how to get organized as a community is fundamental. Um, and they really kind of bestowed that on us. I'd say on me bestowed, sorry, and I'd say on me particularly. And how old were you when you came here? So you don't remember anything from back home, really? Or I'm, I mean, we we went back every year. So oh, you do, yeah. Dope. So I'm I'm not like your your typical diaspora, and I'd like to say I'm wow. very very. I consider myself Cameroonian Thanks. as much as I do Canadian. No, sorry, no, <laughs> no shots, no shade. <laughs> a lot of shots there. <laughs> and so, so you have you still have a a close. You're still really close to your to your to your Cameroonian to my roots. culture roots. I like to think so. I lost my mother tongue, unfortunately. Um, there you go. But One yeah. Up for me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, Haitian, Haitian. Creole is also very easy to learn. Yes. Compared to like Bantu languages. I mean, just get probably some, it's the Creole is like French with a twist. Yeah. I'd probably get shot if I said that. But Not like here. we have. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a reality. <laughs> like, thank you. Uh, we have like a whole alphabet there structure that's a bit more. It's the same alphabet. Consuming. It's the same alphabet, but, but like different structure. Yeah. Okay. And um, what what in your upbringing bought you made you um made you become who you are today, which is like someone that's very seems to be very organized, very poised, very you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Keyword there is seems seems okay. to be. So you're not organized and poised. This is all for us. Um, I mean, yes, I am organized. I am poised. I think. I think there's a lot of like. We all seem much better than we're actually, than we actually are. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure. It's we all stop. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Joking, 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 joking. Um, but yeah, I, I think I I seem to be. You no. Know, doing having it all together that's exactly more of a, yeah exactly but you know like everybody else i'm still figuring a lot of shit out and because of uh the decisions you t- took like career-wise and project or, or whatnot do you feel like sometimes you have to keep up a certain image 
or that's a very good question uh yes um a hundred percent i'm i'm really trying to to dismantle that though i'm really trying hard to yeah but also like i mean i i hate this word now but like be as authentic why is that and why do you hate that word i mean because it's become like a buzzword like be authentic but i'm really trying to kind of let myself be vulnerable mm-hmm. and and let myself appear as human and flawed and confused as our generation is and so like for example if i'm following you online is that a really how much percent of that is really you because that's never I, really us i have i have a lot of friends that are i have some friends that to me are some of the most hilarious people yeah but you don't get to see that online because they're they're mm. not keeping up but they they their online space or platform is for their brand mm-hmm. that's a really good question i'd say i'm at like a solid <laughs> <laughs> I'm a solid ninety-five percent. I mean, ninety-five. I, that's pretty high. I say high. that, but like, I think, I think, in order to actually get the right number, you would have to ask someone who knows me. Okay. Um. So I don't know that I'm being fully unbiased here, but I'd say I'd like I online me is is ninety-five percent. It's like I'm. Because let me let me put it to the, let me put it to you this way. Okay. If you're ninety-five, like, what would be like the five percent I don't split? No, no, no. Like a Cardi B, that can't be you, like you can't be ninety five and she's just a hundred. But Cardi B is actually that wild. Like I'm actually not as wild. No, no, no I'm okay. Yeah, she actually is that wild. But there's she so shows us a lot of things that most people wouldn't show. See yeah. what I'm saying? Okay. That are that actually happened in her life. But then, okay, so I'm, then I'm really actually trying to gauge like 100%. where you're at. Yeah. So then the question is. How much of what we show online mm-hmm. or how much of, of what happens in our personal life do we choose to show online? Um, and in that aspect, I don't, I don't talk about like my personal, personal relationships, per- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my co-parent and I have a very strict, limited social media policy for, about, what goes on, yeah. about, yeah, okay. um, which is very important yes 100 percent. and like i mean that's a whole other conversation so i I limit the amounts of photos i post about my son okay um i'm very contrary to popular belief um somewhat guarded so uh that what do you mean by contrary to popular because when i tell people i'm like oh i'm kind of like i'm kind of shy and i'm like i'm kind of an intro- uh, extra introvert they're like no you're not i'm like i kind of am though but i see it do you yeah, yeah, yeah. great great thank most you don't, most people don't most people are like you're not an introvert i'm like i, I think it's because they, they they're judging more by what you do than who you are exactly yeah and like the fact that i'm comfortable doing this but this is just like it's habit mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like if i had to choose i yeah. wouldn't go on air every morning Maybe I would actually know. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So going back to the initial question. Okay. So maybe 90. Mm. The 10% that I don't share. That's a lot. Is it? That's a lot. That's, that's a lot. Because it's, like, it's not like you go online and. Okay. Let's say you had an event and you were super nervous about it. Would you go online and do a live and be like, I'm super nervous, guys, yada, yada, yada? I wouldn't do a live, but I mm-hmm. would share okay, as okay, a post. Okay, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I have. I think I, I think like I even stopped. I think I even took a chill pill, to be honest. I yeah. think I used to be at like 95, and now okay. I'm at 90. Because I'm like, bitch, you don't need to tell everybody your emotions. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that comes with wisdom mm-hmm. and age and a little bit of like space from social media. Because mm-hmm. I, I 100% at some point was disclosing a fuck ton, excuse my French, mm-hmm. that in retrospect, I'm like, but do I really need to? Mm-hmm. And what are my intentions in doing so? And are they actually that like modest or as modest as I like portray them to be? Okay, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it, it must be hard because with your platform or what do you call it? Company? Female department? What do you I call like it? platform. Platform? Yeah. Um, I guess it depends a lot on you and Steph. 
I always want to call her Samantha. Everybody does. Because of her, yeah. probably <laughs> her <laughs> IG um, <laughs> handle. So you and Stephanie's, um, it depends a lot on you and Stephanie's image and brand, right? Um, thankfully, not that much. Anymore? I don't know. I'm asking. I'm just. No, because we never really, and that's an argument that her and I have to this day, but we never really put our faces up on female mm-hmm. department. It's never been about us mm-hmm. ever. Um, for us to post a picture of us, like it had to be some something revolutionary, like on female departments platforms. Okay. And that was very intentional on my behalf because mm-hmm. I never wanted it to be about me. It's not about me at all, ever. Okay. Um, so creating a bit of a distance there between my personal brand and female department was very much intentional. Mm-hmm. So it does give me the flexibility of being able to disconnect for a week like I just did. Okay. And like doesn't affect my brand. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So I was going to ask you before I jumped into the other question. Um, I think it was, I don't remember which panel you were on and I was there and you're talking about um, starting, I think you started female department right after having your son. Yeah. No, right before. Right before? Yeah. Oh, and then you weren't expecting your son. Exactly. Yes. So talk to me a bit about that time and how you felt and (laughs) how hard it was. I know, I mean, obviously you being the woman is probably way harder for you, but I've had a lot of those feelings. I'm sure. But yeah, talk to me about that a little. So full disclosure, this is actually the first time I share this with like a male. Okay. I'm so used to like. what we wanted. To, to sharing this with with a female audience mm-hmm. but um so i graduated single parent to single parent yes heart <laughs> to heart here i graduated from concordia um when i was 23 mm-hmm. i had just turned 23 um and a month literally like to the day after my graduation i found out i was pregnant uh not planned at all great senior year of university (laughs) my parents first question was but are you done school (laughs) Um, oh you're done have fun yeah literally my dad was like oh okay no it's not bad (laughs) Uh, (laughs) my partner and i had been together for 10 years Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't oh wow yeah it wasn't crazy for us it wasn't like oh my god our lives are over it's like oh shit this happened a lot sooner than we anticipated Mm -hmm. what do we do so we decided to to keep it it the the child yes (laughs) the embryo (laughs) and um i got very sick two months into my pregnancy okay and i was bedridden for my entire pregnancy at the time i had just started working for a human resources firm and i had to go to them i literally like two months in and be like oh hey uh i'm on bed rest for the next nine months so that obviously didn't work and they're like yeah no so they let me <laughs> they let me go and so i found myself <laughs> they literally was like bitch you just started Can, do you have a case for that can you yes i absolutely that? could have and like okay. my sister who's who's a lawyer was very much adamant about us like going you should have got paid yeah but like really i also could have just like be careful and like <laughs> <laughs> i was like i just you know um so i'm bedridden i find myself at 23, mm-hmm. jobless, pregnant, um, no source of income. I had savings, thank God. Mm-hmm. But my parents don't live here and really kind of just questioning. Oh, yeah. They don't. Everything. They don't. They've never lived here? They have. They moved okay. back to Cameroon. Okay. Oh, yeah. You, did. you told yeah, me that earlier. Yeah. When I was 18. Okay. Um, And so I, I kind of took it as a sign from life god the universe you name it that okay like i have some time i have the next nine months to really fully dive into who i am as a person and what i want to do so that's what i did and i boiled that down to a platform for women not to cut you off yeah um did you have a moment where you're like this isn't the plan this wasn't part of my plan a moment i had every day for I mean, I'd say like the first six months of my pregnancy, where I was like, what in the actual fuck is going on? And then I had maybe th- up until post three years, like the, three years after having a kid, I still was like, this was not mm-hmm. the plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <laughs> and that goes away, thank goodness, yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, there's like some, and and I think my partner, my ex-partner can relate to that. There's a bit of like mutual resentment that goes on there because it's like, this is not how I imagined my life to be. And like, there's almost like a little bit of blaming there that happens. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. I told you I didn't feel like it that night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I was drunk. <laughs> so yeah, there was definitely like a big question of like, what what did I do here, and like, was it the right decision? Mm-hmm. And in retrospect, it absolutely fucking was. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. And then that you were, you said you were starting female department before that. So I officially launched female department a month after I gave birth. Wow! How? I still, I still wonder. So, I still wonder. Okay, so it was all, was it all online at first? It was all online at okay. first. Yeah, it was an online store at first, and eventually people just kept emailing us about a pop up or a physical space, or is there something mm-hmm. that we could like? Was there something that we could try on? And I was actually super adamant about the fact that I wanted to remain online because I'm like, that's where the freedom comes. Why would I want to start? Something and I got this baby in yeah. the background. <laughs> I have a uh, one month old that you guys don't know about. Um. So eventually we gave in and we created Brunch in the City. And Mm -hmm. from there, a wonderful community emerged. And that's where we've been able to kind of grow the collective. And you said we, um, you said we as in you and Stephanie? So yeah, initially, well, I met Stephanie, no, I met Stephanie three years in. So my my ex-partner and I actually co-founded together. Then when him and I split, I was on my own. And then uh, my best friend was helping me for a little bit. Then I met Steph. Yeah, year three, mm-hmm. um, and we we took it from there. And she she had some wonderful ideas about the direction that we can take it. And um, together, we were able to really create this like super magical space every time we summoned our people. So, so originally is more more of an online store department for women. Initially, the idea was an online store, mm-hmm. which we was for first three years mm-hmm. um and i would donate a portion of sales every month to a different female-based organization dope. um it's dope but at the same time i felt like i was like um oh, i just do i just want to donate or like is there something more i could do because like donating everybody donates yeah oh okay do you know what i mean yeah. so i wanted to be a little bit more of an active participant mm-hmm. in in shaping those changes and Really, once we launched Brunch in the City and once we kept gathering, it was very clear to Steph and I that, like, okay, our, our passion really is behind um, the community. And we couldn't give three shits about fashion, really. At that point, after. Yeah, I mean, in general, I mean, I like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I like fashion. I, I like looking good. And I'm a really firm believer in its ability to gather. Dope Harvard sweater, by the way. <laughs> I like fashion. <laughs> um, but do I actually give a shit yeah. about like fashion trends and reviews? And mm-hmm. I've never picked up a Vogue magazine in my life. I actually really, like when it comes down to it, no. I'm just really interested in its ability to gather. Okay. Yeah. And do you, um, so do you realize the change that you've had, the change that you've, you've caused or, or the influence that you've had that you've had on or do you see it the influence that you've had on other women more specifically women of color in the city do i see it no i see it because uh, i don't you. i don't really see any other platform because i don't know necessarily if it was for women of color or just for women period women period okay but i've i've seen other platforms or organizations that are for women period but i i guess because you're two women of color i guess it influences or you see an effect more on women of color more than you see from other organizations yeah maybe and like i have to say that our community is very multicultural Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and we love that and we love the fact that we can literally gather the 25 year old italian girl from laval just as quickly as we can the 35 year old from cote de neige or downtown mm-hmm. into one room and for 
two to three hours. Hence my intro. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's a really dope event. And (laughs) it's like all the women there put put on their best Mm -hmm. to show show up. up. And and they 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 introduce whatever business or whatever service they have to offer in the best way so it's it's so well presented thank you yeah and i think it's important as maybe maybe we do this to a fault steph and i but it's important as women and people of color mm-hmm. to up our the quality of the work that we deliver amen amen so that when non-people of color walk into the space they understand that we have the capacity to do just as great same same standards same standards and so i mean we've we've gone out of pocket for most of our events all the time Mm. um so i don't know that like from a business perspective it really works but from an a work ethic one um and from a caliber one, mm. 100%. Because everybody who comes to our events, whether it's Brunch in the City or Cocktails and Confessions, know that they're going to walk into a space that's curated um, to the same standard as if it were anybody else. And you know what's called cocktails? Cocktails and Confessions. Can I um, walk in you know, as a media <laughs> I mean, we've had male panels. We've had male oh, panels. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. We had one on relationships where we had like a male panel come in and really Eesh. just like explain to us like what they like about women and like if they. I'll pass. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It was really helpful. Yeah. It was really helpful. I think like when when you're in these these spaces, you forget that you tend to speak in silos mm-hmm. and just like in echo chambers, and it's like mm-hmm. women speaking to women or empowered women speaking yeah. to empowered women about how to become more empowered with our friends that are already empowered. Um, so we forget that like our feedback loop there is just really us talking to ourselves. Yeah. So by breaking it open, it really does allow us to have a bit of an aha moment. And how similar or different are you and Stephanie? Oh, we are. So, mm, I mean, I was gonna say so different. We're so different in our personalities, um, and in our characters, but we are so similar in our creativity mm-hmm. um, and in our desire to do great work. Mm. So in that way, it, it balances off. And you learn a lot from each other? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to draw the line between friendship and business. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure everyone here can speak to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Dave. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, I learn from, I learn from her a lot. Mm. I do. I'm, I'm a hot-headed, impulsive person that just wants to do the first thing that comes to mind. And it's great sometimes mm. that I get shit done, but it's also good sometimes to really just sit back and plan and observe and be a bit more strategic in how we go about things. And Steph's really good with that. And tell me something that nobody really sees or knows about female department. Ooh, uh, something nobody really sees or known um, or know is that most of, I mean, we have a team this year, so that, that changed a little bit this year. But up until the last seven, eight months, most of the events that we've organized over the course of the last six years have been Steph and myself working ridiculous hours Mm -hmm. ridiculous hours unhealthy amount um, of work was being put into into this and how do you balance that out with your your professional life with your child we didn't balance didn't exist it was i worked a lot more than i could be present for my child Mm -hmm. for my friends for my partner for it just kind of took over our lives at a certain point and um, as much as as much as people say like that's what you need to do in the beginning, I actually firmly believe that's not the way to go about things at all. I I agree, and also um, I noticed that when you work out of home, like working from home is one thing, but when you when you let's say you can you can have a space outside of your your home, mm-hmm. it feels a lot healthier for your home life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I just had this conversation with a friend. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And um, 
we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't. Um, And I think to this day, we're still working on that balance, but we've gotten real good over Mm -hmm. the past year, just like cutting off during the summer. We have our yearly calendar. We don't add events in between. We don't take on initiatives in between. We check out after the brunch in the city, um, May. Yeah, because there is kind of like a... Yeah, there's a hiatus period there. A hiatus period. Yeah, that's meant for ourselves. Okay. Yeah. I get that. And does it, do you feel like it hurts business? I'm sure it does. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it does. Do I give a shit at this point? Absolutely not. But would you like, would you like, um, since you're building a team, would you like take time for yourself and let your team run the like the rest of the summer type of thing? Uh, no, because there's, I don't have that ability. Okay. I don't <laughs> have the ability to check out if other people are working. Okay. Um, so if I check out, everybody checks out. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe when we grow to great heights and we have the ability to do that, but for now we can't. And so the only way for us to fully disconnect is by unplugging everywhere. We don't yeah. answer emails. We don't. We literally close shop for the Mm. summer and recharge and reconnect with our friends and our families who don't see us, literally don't Mm -hmm. see us for 10 months. But the funny thing is most people, most businesses would do it the other way around, like check out for the winter. Yeah, but no, because winter, winter is when people are um, craving community. Oh. And winter is when, if anything, I encourage people who live in win- in Canada and that cold, mm-hmm. where there's like sun for ten hours a day, to go out and cultivate community. So it wouldn't make sense for us to do that. Um, damn, I forgot. I had a question. You just <laughs> said something, and I had a question to that. Uh, oh yeah. So like one of your one of your goals is to empower women, right? Mm-hmm. I How- mean, whatever that means. But yes. What do you mean by that? It's like, what does empower mean, really, when we say, like, female empowerment? Um, I think one of our goals is to make sure that everybody who leaves our events, our main goal, actually not one, mm. leaves with something. Okay. If that's empowerment, then yes. What else would it be? Um... I mean, I don't know. I'm super weary of, of these, like, big trend words like empowerment Mm. like authenticity that like it's like what does that actually mean and when you talk about social impact yeah and measuring social impact from a systemic change point what's what's the effect that we're actually having on people i'm laughing (laughs) because why are you laughing (laughs) like the last few people i've had starting from like nazca and um marcus Mm -hmm. they were like condemning words that have that pretty much has defined them in the public kind of like um influencer influencer yeah or, we, we have I mean? a, i've had that conversation the word with organic times. or you know what i mean it's all these these words that really matter become buzzwords buzzwords exactly so that's why i was yeah kind of laughing and yeah yeah the, the the brothers and i really and steph actually we've had several conversations mm-hmm. together about what all these ridiculous <laughs> labels mean <laughs> so where i was going with that question was yeah how does how does and not to get into your business obviously mm-hmm. but how does being someone in your position how does that affect your personal life like dating life for example yeah do men like shy away are, are you comfortable with that um that's a really good question that i'm 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 i'd love to ask men that's four really good questions we're on a roll <laughs> we're good today this is gucci I'd love to ask men who have shown interest in me that question mm-hmm. because i can I can give an answer that I'm like, no, men come up to me all the time. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I, the, the reality is that I don't know. Like, I don't know that. And I also don't know. Men say like they want strong, independent women. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I don't know that y'all niggas actually want that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm really starting you, to question you that. See what subject got her to act this way? <laughs> got the hood out? Let's start talking. <laughs> So, um, I mean, I've, I, I haven't did much since my partner and I split. Mm-hmm. So, and that's been like a, that's, that's, I totally take that on me. Mm-hmm. 
but I do, I do believe that the work we do and the conversations that we have and, um, the fact that I'm, I'm a super vocal person in general Mm -hmm. about certain issues. I'm sure that some men shy away from that. Okay. Um, Dave, sound like you had something to say about that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like, let me do my job i like i like including him into this conversation <laughs> all right um let's just shift a little um, i mean no let's get no, go you ahead, go ahead, go to ahead. that question yeah go ahead what's what's your question you want to ask a question are you mm-hmm. and that's it's a it's a no judgment question yeah it's like would you rather that your girl mm-hmm. lay low my lady your lady yeah. <laughs> um would you rather date like a low profile kind of chick because mm-hmm. i know like i like i like low profile men, okay you know what i mean so like would you rather be a low profile or would you rather have someone who's loud and proud um i don't have a problem <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the camera really oh. just, this is like the first time ever that he zooms in on me <laughs> in 12 13 episodes <laughs> but all right um i don't have a problem with dealing with low profile or high profile women at all I just want our, our what we have to be low profile. Mm. I'm saying you can take pictures of me. I don't care about that. Yeah. Or post me. It's not the point. But what we have in our personal life needs to stay personal. Okay. That's my Got only it. thing. Other than that, I'm, nah, I'm, it's whatever. Are you sure though? Yeah. And I, and no, I'm 100% sure. And okay. also I've realized that it's come from, um, they also say we're, we're looking for whatever there was in our fathers or in our mothers, mm. right? And my mom is very strong-willed, very high-profile in her own way or in mm. her own little community. So I can't be scared Fair of that. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to run a poll on my Instagram. I'm really curious. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I will. Um, so let's shift a little to, like, recently we saw each Well, not recently, but a few months ago, I think we saw each other at, uh, we were filming for Thinking Out Loud. Mm-hmm. And I forgot I saw you there. Yeah that's thanks <laughs> thanks yeah um and one of the things you told me was uh or that you revealed not maybe not to me i can't remember but was your kind of like getting into politics in a way one way or another not you know what i mean it's not getting into politics but yeah you're stepping a foot into politics but i'd say i'm um i'm wondering if i provide context here so in the context of my work we like analyze we did a, a study rather mm-hmm. um on who millennial youth in canada are and like what their interest is in general okay. in, in politics and civic engagement and um the highest ranking cohort that's like a highest ranking the highest cohort in terms of like youth voter turnout is a segment called bros and britneys bros and bros and britneys Okay. Um, and so bros and, bros and Britneys are like socially engaged, mm-hmm. educated, um, online, so digitally savvy consumers that are like, you do things in your community, you're, you're, you're involved in a community standpoint, but politically you're like, Mrah. okay. Um, so I like to think that I was a Britney. Mm-hmm. And then when you move along on that spectrum, there's engaged idealists. So people who are active in their community, people who understand the importance of getting involved, people who mobilize others to get involved. Um, And I think that to answer your question, I'm graduating from a bro and a Brittany to someone who is socially involved and I'm like involved in my community, but politically completely disengaged Mm -hmm. to someone who's like experiencing a political awakening. But like, Actually, my very last kind of question was, how do we make politics interesting? Because mm-hmm. I, I think that's the issue here in Canada, where there's a complete disinterest for politics unless you're like a middle-aged person. White man. White man. Or, yeah. or woman. I can say. A woman. Oh, yeah. And then again. And um, and if you we look at our neighbors, our counterparts in the U.S., is they found a way to make politics this very entertaining thing why isn't it that why and a lot of other countries actually why isn't that the case in canada is that just our culture doesn't allow that um i mean i think 
I think comparing us to the U.S., the U.S. is entertainment. It's like the fabric of their society. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost to a fault, people are too consumed with the media um, to the point that their president is a reality star. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's there's a there's a extreme there that I don't think that we want to go into. But I think in terms of making it accessible, they've definitely mastered the way um, of bringing politics from here to here. Which is important. Which is important. Um, And then I think there's also a... An awakening that's happening from like a sociocultural standpoint. Like people are understanding more and more that Mm -hmm. they need to understand what's going on. So Mm -hmm. they're tuning in more. That hasn't happened here. And that unfortunately, unfortunately for the U.S., their reality is making that possible for them. So unfortunately because it's it's taken literally abuse of power and mm. um systemic racism and discrimination on every level for them to realize like oh shit okay something's wrong here mm-hmm. um and them to kind of get engaged whereas we're canadians are are apathetic because we think that everything's okay do you know what i mean yeah. it's like our problems aren't facing us head first like we know that there's an issue in the north but like it's in the north Mm -hmm. and it's like oh yeah we know that there's an issue with systemic racism but like we're still doing okay you know what i mean compared to others compared to others so we're just we've just become super complacent Mm -hmm. and comfortable and are basking in this mediocrity um that i think in order for politics to um come down we need to there's like a two-way responsibility there it's like we need to understand that whether we like it or not it's affecting us and Mm -hmm. do our own research and then two there needs to be diversity Mm -hmm. people need to see themselves reflected at the top which is obviously always an issue um there needs to be a reconsideration of the jargon that's used media needs to be redefined nobody watches the news anymore literally 55 percent of youth um stated that they catch information like their main source of information is social media yeah so like what does that mean for news media and like but the thing is for example i follow cnn but i don't follow cbc yeah because cnn is meant to make you follow okay also why isn't that not the case here though because we don't have a problem with disinformation yet so when we talk about like fake news and Mm -hmm. polarized media um CNN and these big flashy headlines that run 24 hours, there's a psychological and emotional work there that people aren't aware of Mm -hmm. when it comes to disinformation and fake news in general. It's Mm -hmm. like understanding that, okay, if you're being triggered emotionally or mentally from a news outlet, the chances of it being disinformation or like politically charged is high. Mm -hmm. Um, And here i don't know that we need that i don't know that we need a cnn but we definitely need some form of media outlet that i think we just need something that'll bring engagement which we don't have which we don't have like honestly most people probably know when the next u.s election is but don't know when when the next next federal election is federal election is that's that's my job if in the next (laughs) month i mean yeah that's literally like if in the next month most people don't know when the federal election is i'm not doing my job so <laughs> so i mean so and more importantly the youth so would social media be the answer to this 100 percent. social media is the answer but it's also the problem mm-hmm. so like we're working with like facebook and agence press to address disinformation in general and like bots and how that's a thing mm-hmm. Um, and how these polarized Facebook pages are becoming a thing and mm-hmm. how they're targeting. So it's like social media is the, is, the ish, is the problem, but it's also very much part of the issue of why our democracy is failing. I get you. So finding that middle ground. I think there was a study, a study like, like research that just it was just released last week on Donald Trump's Facebook use, and he ran 2,200 Facebook ads with the word invasion <laughs> on them. Oh, so there's more than just 2,200. These are just the ones with invasion on them. Yeah. And what about the previous um, the previous administration? Was it as many ads, per period? I have no idea. Okay. 
but just to show you, because then the last, the shooter in El Paso, mm -hmm. his main manifesto was like, there's an invasion. So mm. do you know what I mean? Where correlation it's like, between the two. There's a correlation between how politicians use social media and how that can be seriously problematic, but how social media is probably our only fucking option yeah. in engaging youth yeah. and how to balance and find the middle ground between the two is the core of my work and really like the biggest question that democracies need to answer. Okay. So um, what would you suggest people follow or do to get more engaged or be more informed? I mean, follow apathy is boring. That's like a, <laughs> that's a direct, plug. not so subtle plug, but that's mm -hmm. literally all of our work. Our okay. entire work is, is making all this information accessible in like a fun, creative, light, but super informational way. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other work is like, do your research. There's, there has to be a minimum amount of personal accountability that comes into play here. It's like, yes, politicians need to do this, but how do we as people do our own research? I think people here don't really um, understand the importance or the impact that politics really has on their lives. I think there's, there's a detachment somewhere. 100%. And I think, I think like it's good, but it's not. It's good because we're comfortable. And it means that, like, yeah, if we don't see it, it's because it's, we're living quite well. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have Bill 21 that passes it, then you realize that it's too late. Exactly. And which is why I didn't even, I didn't even pronounce myself on Bill 21. And like, none of my friends knew to pronounce it around me because I'm like, yeah, but did y'all vote though? Mm. Like how many people actually, and the youth, because the youth are, the youth are the ones complaining and we're the, we were the ones out there. How many of us actually voted in the last provincial election? I don't know. So then you, maybe you guys should use Bill 21 as... An example. An example as to why people should vote. <laughs> We're nonpartisan, so we don't oh. use, yeah, that's it. We don't use any kind of political party mm. example. Okay. But I think it's a good example in general. I think it's like all these laws are passing. Um, and if we don't know what a political party is proposing for when they come to power. That's cool. Um, so what's, uh, next in the near future for you? Next in the near future. Well, oh, what? Not necessarily next, but yeah. what are you working on in the near future? Um, Opening I'm going shots. back to school. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And? I'm going to specialize in corporate social impact. Corporate social impact, okay. So. Is it a degree in corporate social impact? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you'd be surprised. And yeah, essentially the, how do organizations, for example, Zara now just vowed um, to be a hundred percent sustainable, sustainable fashion and like fabric yeah. by 2025. And okay. that's like a corporate social initiative. So it's okay. like, how do big organizations um, realize the impact that they have on the sustainable development of the planet, but also social impact and mm -hmm. implement initiatives um, accordingly. All right. Yeah. Okay. So school, female department, our, our season starts in September, and mm -hmm. we have some new but also revised ways of doing things that we want to address. Mm -hmm. Evolution. Evolution. Mm -hmm. Innovation. I like what's come better. Okay. Um, and the federal election. Soon. Federal election. October 21st. October 21st. October 21st. 23rd, but okay. Okay, yep. I'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, you having us. And um, tell people where they can follow you if you're even on social media these days. I'm back on social oh, media. Oh, you're back? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> At Danny with two eyes, double underscore Joe. Don't ask on Instagram. Um, I'm not very active on Twitter. I literally will post on Twitter like once every six months. But at Danny Two Eyes underscore L on mm -hmm. Twitter, um, at female underscore department yeah. on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And at Apathy is Born. Thank you. How was that? That was great. <laughs> Angelina, you the cool in my temper.
your hand in never So now me you could love forever I'm a kaki no fee letter I'm a angeli angelina I'm a angeli angelina Oh me all down Anytime when I see you for the club or the television your body Sure you know no safety when you carry 50 kill somebody You know I feel a vibe, you feel a vibe So baby wine it on me yeah. And I know you shy, but it's cool when we're making love On the low, 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 on the low Angelina, Angelina, you the cool in my temperature Angelina, 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 Angelina,